Welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast. This is a little bonus episode. It's the full-length interview between co-host Keely Silva and Brian, who runs NRL Physio on Instagram and Twitter. You would have heard a little snippet of this in episode four, but the full-length conversation is too good for us to keep to ourselves. So check it out. Thanks. Thanks for this. Thanks for taking the time out. We're like super stoked. Uh, okay. Well, first of all, why did you start the platform NRL Physio? Um, look, it's one of those things. There wasn't really a plan to it. Uh, I initially joined, it started on Twitter. Um, so Twitter, I joined purely as I had a mate who said, look, I've got a, a, a spare number in an NFL fantasy league. Do you want to join? And I'd never really watched an NFL game before. Didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, I said to him, look, I've got no idea what I do. And he said, look, join, join Twitter and follow these accounts and, that'll help you, you know, understand the players and all that kind of stuff. And sort of as I started jumping on there and following the guys over there and and you being a physio, you'll know like a, a lot of the information that I put out there, it, it, it's simple stuff, right? Like it's, it's stuff that day to day, you know, as physios, we tell to our patients, um, you know, and, and I guess I didn't realize just how valuable that information or how unique that information was to fans until I started sort of seeing what was going on over in the States. So there's, there's a few, well, there's a lot now, but certainly six or seven years ago when I first started out on Twitter, there was one or two uh, people over there who were putting out this information and, and I was sitting there going, but that's, that's really simple stuff. Like that's nothing groundbreaking, but pe- like people were just eating it up. Like they absolutely loved it. And I sort of went, Oh, okay, well that's a bit interesting. Um, and then had a look here and was like, look, there's not really much of that going on. Uh, so I changed, like I can't remember, it was some generic account I had before that and I just changed it to NRL Physio. Once again, I think everyone thinks it was some marketing idea, but I literally was just like, well, that's what, you know, uh, that's what I'm going to be talking about. I'm a physio talking about NRL, so why not? Um, yeah, and just started tweeting simple stuff from there and yeah, it just took off. So it certainly wasn't an original thought in that I, I definitely got the idea from over in the States, um, but I, I definitely didn't think it would get anywhere sort of this big. It's, yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. It's funny. Um, we have a group chat for the clinic that I work out with all the physios and every time we're watching, like everyone will be at the home watching the footy. As soon as we see someone go down, someone will send it in being like, I think it's this or, yeah, typical mechanism for ACL or whatever it is. And it's funny because everything that you put, like, I'll go to your page trader and I'll be like, oh, I wonder what NRL Physio said. Oh, 100%. And that's that's the thing. Like, you talk about the group chat stuff. Like, literally all the stuff that I post was stuff that was already in group chats, you know, pro, like, you know, like the, a similar sort of thing. Like, we a group of mates, you know, we, we used to send that to people all the time and, and – I think the the biggest one for me and and like I talk about where it kind of launched. I still remember it was an all star game a couple of years ago. Well, this is quite a few years ago now. But Jared Croker dislocated his patella, and it was obviously a dislocated patella. You could see it was a dislocated patella. But they were carrying on on the telecast. You know, his season might be over. He's you know blown an ACL or something like that. And I just took a really simple video um, like off my phone of the TV, so not anywhere near what I'm doing now. And I actually tweeted it not to everyone. I tweeted it just at my mate who was also on Twitter and I said, just check out this patella dislocation. Like didn't put it out like, you know, and I just said, check out Jared Croker's patella dislocation and some journal or something must have been searching for Jared Croker 
like, and then like hit me with all these questions, how long's the recovery, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of how it all shot off. But once again, as you say, it all just starts from like, it's, it's stuff that physios, you know, chiros, doctors, all that kind of stuff would send to each other all the time. But you just kind of forget how, yeah, how valuable that is to fans. Yeah, yeah, no, it's so interesting. I love it. Um, well, then specifically for last year, do you, I, I want your opinion on this because I had a lot of conversation with people who were like, what do you think? But um, do you believe that there were correlations between the disruption from COVID last year and all the injuries we saw in the back end of the season? Oh, big time. Yeah, like, I, like and I don't think that's a, that's a uh, an isolated thing to the NRL either. Like, you know, if you, you have a look, pretty much any sporting league, you know, NBA, EPL, there's lots of studies that have come out. And the injury rate was huge across the world because, like, teams just had to, and uh, professional sporting teams had to make so many, you know, sacrifices to get the games back up and running. Um, and in the NRL, you know, we had limited support staff. So, you know, that their, 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 you know, whether it be their physio rooms, their medical staff or their performance staff were cut because they, they were only allowed a certain number of people within the bubble. Um, you had players doing game day travel, so they're going up and back on a plane, you know, on game day, which isn't good for preparation or recovery. You got guys who, you know, there was no reserve grade. So guys, you know, if somebody got a hamstring injury, which were, there was heaps of them, the guy coming in to replace that guy wasn't playing footy, right? Like that, he was coming off the training park. So there's no, you know, load management wise, it's it's not a good situation. And then I think the the biggest thing that stitched the NRL up a bit was the fact that sort of three weeks before they like they announced the resumption of the season, and then they decided to change the rules as well. You know, like they brought in all these, you know, six again and and all that kind of stuff, and. And so teams had not only three weeks to sort of take players from isolation training to to play, which is just ridiculous. Like, you know, anybody who works in the field is like, that's just a crazy thing to try and achieve. But then also take them back to a game that they'd never played before, um, you know, that, that it had new rules. So, yeah, I definitely think, um, yeah, the COVID situation had an influence, but I wouldn't sort of say that, yeah, it was isolated to the NRL. I think it stitched up, you know, um, sporting leagues across the world. Yeah, well, then I guess coming into this season, because there was a, I mean, mm. round three of the NRL, was a massive influx of injuries for that. Uh, do you think, you know, they all had a preseason yeah. kind of to get back into normal routine, but do you think those rules are having a further influence now? Yeah, I think, uh, like, the the weekend just gone was pretty massive. Um, you'd like to hope that it's an outlier, and I think, like, you know, you, you, you sort of sit there and you're like, look, it's only three weeks in, let's give it a bit of time, and I think you'd have to wait till sort of six or seven weeks have gone by to sort of really start to see if there's a pattern, but, like, the big thing with with, I guess, fatigue is that the, the idea seems to be more fatigue, more fatigue, more fatigue, the better. And and there just comes a breaking point. Now, where that breaking point is, who knows? Um, I did a did a big thread sort of looking at uh, the fatigue and, and what the evidence tells us the influence is on injury rates um, late last year. And and the answer is, is that, that there's goods and bads, right? Like if, if you have no fatigue and you have really fresh players, 
you've got guys who are hitting each other with maximal forces, you know, over and over and over again. So the collision, you know, forces and the chance for those kind of contact injuries went through the roof. But then if you had too much fatigue, you've got, you know, an increased risk of hamstring injury. Um, you know, there's there's evidence that potentially it increases your risk of concussion by getting yourself into bad positions in tackles, making poor decisions, that that kind of thing. So it's all about a balance and, and in between that freshness and that fatigue. And, and I think my initial gut feel is that potentially we've gone too far towards fatigue. So it's kind of maybe a little bit too far down the ledger, but I wouldn't be sort of making any sweeping statements until we've had a good couple of months to sort of have a look at it and see, because those freak weekends like the one just happened, that's, you know, they, they do happen. It's just now if that is part of a pattern um, that emerges over the next couple of months, I think, yeah, the NRL are going to have to, have to you know, um, stand up and take notice. Yeah, and do you think that then NRL clubs are just going to have to change, like, training patterns and monitor that way, or do you think it's just going to have to be, like, let's cut the rules? Yeah, well, like, I, I think I think it's whoever puts their foot down the most, you know. Like, it, it seems to be NRL and then the RLPA, um, the Players Association, have come out a fair bit over the last couple of weeks and sort of, you know, been pretty firm on what they want as well. So it's always a negotiation backwards and forwards uh, between those guys. I, I, I don't think they'd cut the rules all the way back. Um, and, and, and we had stories of guys in the off-season, you know, big prop, you know, front row forwards who were, you know, shedding to the lightest weight that they've ever been and, and stuff like that. So it's not that, as you said, they, they actually had an off-season this year, so it wasn't that they didn't plan for it. Um, it's more that, yeah, it's it, it's just whether it's that too significant a change. So I think if you, if we got to, say, week 10 and the injuries and concussions were still going through the roof, I think that the rollback of the rules would probably have to happen because, like, it's as, as we said, it's, it's not like teams haven't had a chance to, to plan for it like they have. Uh, and and there's still you know a high number of injuries happening. So if that continues, then I think something's got to change rules wise. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and kind of back towards the back end of last year, do you have an opinion on the quality of the grounds or like shoes the players are wearing? Like I know when two of the Roosters players did the ACLs last year, same field within whatever or it's like 15 minutes or something. Um. And people were like, well, you know, everyone's commenting. They need to fix this. They need to fix that. Yeah, I, I think the funny thing is I think people kind of have a misunderstanding of what what grounds actually increase the injury risk. So the, the better the ground is, the better the grip is, the higher the injury risk. So, like, over in the States, they've done heaps of studies, and we don't have much of it here, but your AstroTurf. So probably the best quality, you know, ground you could have in terms of, you know, there's no divots and there's no giving way of the turf and all that kind of stuff. The ACL rates are through the roof on AstroTurf, right? Like, compared to... to... Exactly. So, so this is the thing is that, like, with improved performance, so in other words, improved grip via the turf... Uh, lighter boots that are grippier, you know, so we've got these blades these days which allow players to turn on a dime. Those are the things that increase injury risk because guys are going at 100 mile an hour and they're changing direction a 90 degree angle like in no time at all. The forces that go through the ankles, the knees, all that kind of stuff. And then also, you know, like if guys can run really, really fast, when they hit the other bloke, they're going to hit them harder, which increases their risk of injury. So 
the I, I think people sort of blow up about like you know different grounds and be like oh like that ground's dodgy or whatnot like the dodgier grounds like for example we had a weekend not the weekend just gone the weekend before which was like the downpour right and everyone's going oh my god it's acl weather that was our lowest that was our lowest injury round since forever because the ground was wet and soggy guys couldn't run as fast there was a bit of give in the ground so they weren't hitting and sticking and you know doing their acls or whatever like i think there was there might have been one knee injury, I think. But apart from that, there was only four or five injuries for the entire round, where there was 13 or 14 the weekend just gone. So it's it's one of those things where, like, you know, injuries like your ACLs, like your Radley and Verrills in the one game, they, they're going to happen, like, especially when guys are, you know, running up, changing direction. In terms of does the ground play a role, it absolutely plays a role. But the way you would decrease the risk is to make it, like crappier make the make you know make it softer um you know that's that's how you would decrease the injury risk a little bit is actually make it softer which isn't what we're you know we're looking to do so i think that's probably a common misconception is people do sort of think when they see like a you know like a soft wet ground like as i said in that in that round two we had a lot of soft wet grounds people thought oh the injury risk is going to be huge but it's actually yeah it improves the injury risk yeah i think that's really valuable and I think a lot of people would appreciate that because yeah like you said a lot of people have weird misconceptions of those kind of things I had a lot of conversations last year like I said um well now the the new rule that got added I only actually only read about it yesterday um the new 18th man rule so for the concussions what's what's your thoughts on that oh well I think it's a bit yeah like like I went back and had a look and it would have been used twice in the last six years so like like to be honest with you what's the point um like that's that that's kind of where I sit with it like you you know like three HIAs just doesn't happen all that often um and then not only that, like if three HIAs happen, which is what the rule is, and then the the stipulation is it's got to be a development player. Like if you're talking about an event that only happens once every six years and the guy you're going to throw in to sort of help in that situation is a development player, so a guy who isn't used to NRL footy, like what are you exposing that development player to? Like, you know, it's a, it, it's not a good situation to throw them into. So, like, I, I've been a massive, um, a massive supporter of the 18th man for quite a while. Um, like, not just, you know, I got accused of re- overreacting to what just happened on the weekend and that's why I was sort of talking about it. But I, I've wanted it ever since we started taking, like, you know, started going through the HIA protocols and those kind of things because effectively you want to you be promoting guys admitting their concussion symptoms right that's that's a problem with our concussion testing at the moment is there's not there's these saliva tests and these eye movement tests that are coming out that potentially can diagnose it but otherwise concussion especially on the sideline is is very much a you know it's a it's a symptom based it's a you know clinical kind of you know impression test where you've got to ask the player you know do you yeah are you confused are you feeling you haven't got headaches are you lightheaded all that kind of stuff and, you know, if a, if a player's in a position where there's already two guys who are injured and he's having a he's, – he's feeling pretty foggy or he's got some headaches or something like that, but he's like, oh, you know, I don't want to let my team down here. Like, I've got to get back out there. 
that's kind of the situation you want to try and avoid and you want to try and promote guys, you know, admitting that, yes, like, you know, I do have concussion symptoms. You want to be promoting that. So I think the 18th man rule is a fantastic idea. I think the stipulations that they've put in place are, are like are very harsh. Like, it, like I just can't see it. I, I really can't see it benefiting. Like the, one of the reasons they talked about not putting it in was the cost of taking, you know, another player around and, you know, it's an extra play added on the end. Well, like you, you, you're taking another player around for an event that happens once every six years. Like, you know, you're like, what, what's the point? Like, it's just, I don't think it's going to be very valuable for player safety at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like considering player safety, like surely there's a better way around it. I think two HIAs, like, like two HIAs happen quite a bit in games. Like I think those kind of situations, you know, a head clash between teammates or something like that. I think that's completely reasonable. Like, like I just think three HIAs, it just doesn't happen all that often. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's silly. And I think there's been so many like newer chats in the last few years and stuff that I've read just about like CTE and like long-term effects of concussions. And like, it's important. Like we need to pay attention to it. We need to look after these players. Absolutely. And that's exactly right. Uh, Well, what are you hoping for in the future? I saw you've got a little partnership with Elastic Plots, which is really cool. Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, I always have to strap my own ankles and stuff. So I should be sponsored by Tay because I have so much. Um, But, yeah, what's the plan? Yeah, look, like, uh, once again, I think, think, you know, if there's anyone working working in marketing or something out there, they'd probably be horrified. But, like, I don't really have any plans. Like, I I still just see this as a hobby for now. you know, I've uh, like I, I've had offers for sponsorship just purely because of the follower numbers. I think you get people reach out like betting companies yeah. and different things, but like that's not what I, like I didn't get into it to sort of get in bed with like a, a betting agency or something like that just to make a few bucks yeah. out of it. Like I did genuinely get into it because I love physio, I love footy, perfect combo, right? Like you know, there's you know, like yeah. you, you can't think of much better. So, like, my plans moving forward is just see where it goes. Like, Elastoplast sort of, uh, you know, got onto me and I was like, well, that's a perfect, you know, marriage there. Like, you know, I use this stuff, you know, by the bucket loads. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and it's something that I can, like, I don't have to change the tone of my posts. Like, my posts are very educational-based um, so I can keep that going. Like I can educate the everyday fan on what's the difference between a rigid strapping or an elastic adhesive bandage or a kinesio tape or, you know, this break, why are they using this, you know, ankle brace or whatever. Like you can keep it educational, which is what I wanted. I didn't want to do too much sort of straight, you know, advertisement kind of stuff. Like I wanted to keep it interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's what Elastoplast will allow me to do. Um, yeah, look, moving forward, I, like like I think the the big thing is now is that the, the follower numbers are just getting crazy to sort of keep on top of. It's really, really tough to sort of stay, you know, stay across like all the questions and inquiries and stuff like that. So a few people have sort of talked about um, starting a Patreon, which is like a, you know, a subscription thing that people can do if they actually want to ask questions about different things. And I've considered, you know, possibly doing that just to make it a bit more, I guess, worth my time to sort of put aside, you know, 
bucket yeah. loads of hours on the weekend and late at night particularly to sort of deal with and it's 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 mainly like your super coach and fantasy kind of things they tend to, tend to be pretty into this <laughs> kind of imagine. stuff um so you know if i if i'm putting aside time to sort of answer those kind of questions which is like to be honest with you probably isn't the stuff that i enjoy the most like you know that's your straightforward like you know i expect this player back in three weeks and and blah blah blah, and and that's what a lot of people are looking for but i enjoy the analytics side of things so you know a what happens on game day so what does that injury mechanism look like but then also you know when guys are going through rehab, okay, they're, they're, you know, Sean Johnson posted a video the other day of him running. Okay, so what stage of his rehab is he at? Is he at? Um, you know, what are the expectations on his return, that kind of thing? And that that does benefit your, your fantasy people as well, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just trying to find a balance between the things that I enjoy and probably the things that I, I like I'm – you know, almost obligated to do these days. Yeah, I think um must be a physio thing because that's all I look for when I look at your videos too. I'm like, oh, how did it happen yeah. straight away? And I love the rehab yeah. side of things. Um, But you are great and I love what you're doing and I know a lot of people do. Um, Thank you so much for everything, for all your knowledge. And um, if it's okay, I'm sure I'll stay in touch with you and um, probably pester you in the future about physio things. Yeah, no, all good. Everything, you know, as I said, love coming on and chatting to someone, you know, in the field. It's always good that you can talk about, like, you know, talk about the things that, as I said, I enjoy and I know, you know, most physios are the same. Thanks for listening to this very special bonus episode of Chicks and Balls, the podcast. We hope you loved it as much as we did. And a massive thank you once again to Brian from NRL Physio for sitting down and having this conversation and sharing such valuable insights. If you're enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you're listening right now. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, please. And follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod. As you can probably tell, this is the third episode we've released this week and we've got a hell of a lot more content coming. So you want to be around for it and be the first to hear it. Thanks for your support and we'll catch you next time.